Vital Proteins knows that turning 30 can be a pretty big change for your body's collagen, which can begin to decline, but also a change for you. Like waking up sleep-deprived when you were in bed early listening to a podcast, or looking endlessly at real estate you can't afford. Luckily, there's collagen peptides to support your skin, hair, nail, bone, and joint health. Vital Proteins, for everybody with a body. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Through 25 seasons, 4,561 episodes, I believe the Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The LOLs, the moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. Women across America, it's time to de-stress your life. We all need to get a grip and stop all this craziness. So sit down, take a deep breath. Come on. Yes. We feel your pain. You're overwhelmed. You're overscheduled. You're overworked. You're overtired. You're tired and over it. One of the smartest women I know is here to help you. She is a working mother of three who has mastered the secret to stress-free living. And that is really huge. Later, we're going to find out how she did that. But first, this is Desiree Sachs, who says she feels like a character from Alfred Hitchcock's movie, The Birds, being pecked away by everyone's demands. I really feel that no one has a life as crazy as mine. I'm a mother of three children, and I'm a pediatrician, so this combination makes life extremely hairy. I'm an extremely stressed out person. Well, that's what happens when you have the flu. Because I work all crazy hours. You positive? Okay, let's go. I also have the kids' schedules that is also crazy, so I kind of feel like I'm in the Alfred Hitchcock movie, The Birds, where you're getting picked at um, by all the birds attacking you with these little pickings all the time. My last word! That's not first. Jessica, my oldest daughter, she's a softball player. She may be on two other teams in addition. She goes to a hitting coach once a week. She goes to a pitching coach twice a week. She goes to a personal trainer anywhere from two to three times a week. She takes also voice lessons because she sings and she does theater. Jess, I hate the radio on the car. I'm 12, and when I get home from school, I'm always going somewhere. My second daughter, Krista, she has a hitting coach, a pitching coach. She has voice lessons on Mondays, religion class on Tuesdays. She's on the basketball team, and she just finished to play herself. I'm six years old, and I play baseball, soccer, basketball, and karate. My son Connor is just getting to the age where we're getting into all the same sort of things and I don't want to cheat him and not give him the same opportunities and that is now beginning to make things ten times worse. Connor, bring in the rocket ship. Connor, I said bring in the rocket Connor, 
My husband, he's always signing them up for this and signing them up for that, which is wonderful, but he can't always be the person participating. When I was younger, I was one of eight children, so my mom wasn't able to take me to a lot of different things. I think my life is so overscheduled that it makes me snap pretty easily. Christophe, get your coat. I mean, just screaming and yelling, sort of snapping. I could lose it and scream and yell for, for 15 minutes over one little item. I'm really annoyed with you now, Jess. I'm out here for five minutes waiting for you. I beep you. you I said 6.30. You should be standing here waiting for me at 6.30. She goes under more stress than I think anyone I know. She's always, like, freaking out to make sure everyone gets to the same spot on time. It's just that I'm feeling over-exhausted, over-scheduled, and chronically anxious. I just would like it to be less crazy. Well, this is Dr. Martha Beck, the woman with the blueprint to stress-free living. She got her PhD from Harvard while at the same time raising three children and works as a life coach rescuing a lot of stressed out women from their chaotic lives. She's also a regular contributor, I'm proud to say, to O, oh, the Oprah magazine, probably uh, just one of the best magazines on earth. <laughs> it really is. And we work very hard at the magazine trying to find people like Martha who have found a way to master their lives to help all of our readers live a better life. Martha made an urgent house call to Desiree. The de-stressing intervention started with one key question. First of all, I want to know, when you were a teenager, what were the dreams and goals that you might have had if nothing had stood in your way? I would, like, walk the earth, walking to different villages and meeting people. I would climb mountains, like climb Mount Everest. I would probably do something athletic, become a bodybuilder. I have another question for you, and I want you to consider this as a hypothetical solution to your problem. Driving age in New York is 17, right? And your oldest child is now 15. Right. Now, here's my suggestion. When Jessie's 17 and she can drive, um, she just has to draw all the activities she's been pursuing up to this point in her life so that she can drive the other children to their activities. Okay. I don't think so. You don't think so? <laughs> no. Why not? What's wrong with that? That's not fair. She's giving all up her dreams and her aspirations. Would you say that that's really not fair to anyone to say all of a sudden you, of all the people in your family, you are the one who has to give up all your hopes and dreams to take care of the other people's hopes and dreams? No. Okay, the reason I asked you that question is that that's what you've done to yourself. You didn't get to do the things you wanted to do as a teenager. Okay? And you've gone on in life to give so much to your children that you still don't have a chance to make those hopes and dreams come true. And it's not fair. Okay? And your children know it's not fair. Moreover, what you're teaching them to do is either become doormats who give up their lives for their own children or narcissists who expect everyone to drop their dreams and go take care of them. Do you want that? No, I don't want them to do that. Only by loving your life can you teach your children to be people who love their lives. Okay. The first thing that needs to change in your family structure is that you aren't included as an equal member of the family. You're a servant, okay? You're giving, 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 and you never take in enough nurturance to 
supply all that. So what we're gonna do is trying to bring down the level of tasks. We're gonna bring up the level of nurturance for you. And I think you deserve a personal trainer. Mm. Okay. Now, Jessie has a personal trainer two to three times a week. Is that correct? Yes. Is there any reason she couldn't work out on her own twice a week? I think that's possible. And then you're going to start um, doing some rock climbing. Okay. okay. I want you to start planning six to eight months in advance to have an adventure once a year. Okay. okay. So would you call yourself a high achiever? People call me that. <laughs> <laughs> what would you feel if you did get to the top of Mount Everest? What's next? What's next? Yeah. Would anything ever be enough? No. I would always have something else. Uh-huh. Can you see that with this kind of mindset, you're setting your children up to pack every minute of their lives and never have enough, never be enough? Okay, here's a rule for living. And I want you to really listen to it. Never do to yourself what you would never do to your child. You deserve as much love and respect as your children do. And they're gonna learn to love and respect not only you, but themselves, if you value yourself. Martha, bad Martha. Next, uh, Martha calls a mandatory family meeting at Desiree's house. Mandatory. Okay, now I've got you guys together. I want to ask you some questions about the things that your mom wrote to Oprah. She writes, I feel like I'm always being picked at, like in Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, like she's being picked apart. Do you <laughs> want to grow up to feel that way yourselves? No. No. I'm assuming you don't want Desiree to feel that way either. No, not at all. Excellent. No. <laughs> okay. We're all on the same team. Now we just have to set to work here, okay? Now, on this calendar, we've listed the afternoon activities for each of the people in the family. Each person has a different color. For example, you have karate on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Now, your mom told me that sometimes on Thursdays, you like to play with your friend and you're not that excited about karate. Is that true? I don't want to get anybody's hackles up. But what if, instead of on Thursdays going to karate, you just had a play date with your friend and you could go to karate on Tuesdays. What would that be like for you? Better. Better, okay, thank you very much for that. <laughs> now, is there any way Desiree Rich to get Krista to her Tuesday, Thursday appointments in a different way than we're doing right now? Krista, there's gotta be someone in your religion class that you know. Yeah, well, like five or six of my friends already carpool, but. So why can't we join in that carpool? We could. Okay. So we can save half an hour here. The interesting thing, Desiree, if you cancel the Thursday, which Connor said would improve his life, <laughs> yes. you not only save half an hour in total, but you have given yourself a block of extended time during which you can do something for yourself. And it's also 10 minutes there and 10 minutes back, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it turns half an hour into 50 minutes, which is absolutely. almost an hour. Absolutely. So you've saved an hour absolute time, and you've also reduced your stress really remarkably. And that the same thing is true here, if you can get a carpool going to religion. Right. And those are just on two days. So if we went through every day, I think we could reduce your absolute time commitment by 10 to 12 hours a week. Okay. Well, Desiree says meeting Martha was life-altering. It was a wake-up call for her whole family. The very next day, she signed up for a, a mountaineering trip. You did. Yes, I did. My first lesson mountaineering, which is something I've always thought about. That was just one tip of the iceberg. So what is the big thing you learned, that if you don't keep your dreams alive? That's it. Uh, if I don't, I will teach my children. The legacy I'll be teaching them 
is martyrdom is good. Sacrifice is okay. You don't have to be a martyr. Well, one of the big things that Martha says is that mothers are teachers. Your primary job is as a as mother is as a teacher. And too many of you mothers think that your primary job is a servant, but that your primary job is really as a teacher. Yeah, I learned that watching the Discovery Channel, the mother bear, the mother otter, whatever, she teaches them to hunt. And then she doesn't hunt for them anymore, right. you know? Uh -huh. that, because that would, that would actually disable them in their wild environment. So you're doing the same thing with your kids when you do for them what they already know how to do for themselves. And so your belief is that you shouldn't do for your kids what they can do for themselves. Well, I have a son with Down syndrome, mm -hmm. and as such, I've been trained from very early that I have to teach him and then stop doing for him. That's the way to be a good mother. So I've had a privilege of learning something about mothering that most mothers don't, and it works equally well for my daughters. Because I think a lot of mothers are still, you know, my friend Gail, her children are now 14 and 15, but one weekend they were at my house when they were... 10 and 11, mm. and Gail was, she goes, I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta run their bath water. And I said, don't they know the difference between hot and cold? <laughs> and she just stopped in her tracks and she goes, yeah, but I've always run their bath water, you know? And yeah, and they know how to do all kinds of stuff. And it's actually good for them to have the opportunity to do it. And you believe children should even cook for themselves? Yeah. <laughs> That's mainly because I hate to cook. <laughs> But, you know, I also got that from, from the Down syndrome trainers who would say, you know, at, at the age of seven, Adam should cook for himself. Really? Mm -hmm. I read that and I thought that's so odd. We cook together. Uh-huh. But everybody cooks his or her own favorite dish. Okay. All you list makers out there, and I know there are millions of you, listen up. This is Heather Pendergast. Her to-do list is so overwhelming, it would make even Martha Stewart cringe. I saw that list. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm a 32-year-old stay-at-home mom of two little boys, ages five and two. Hey, 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 hey! I have learned to wear many hats as a mom, wife, and as a woman. All three keep me on the move at times and make me collapse at other times. I am a member of the Junior League. I take an acting class. I sell Mary Kay. I am an active member in my church, and I'm trying to lose weight and get in shape. I'm also trying to do some minor home improvements while keeping my house clean and my children happy. This is my to-do list as it reads today. I work on letter for Junior League. I needed to mail these the end of last week. Organize photos. Whoop! There's some that didn't make it in the box. Do touch-up painting in living room and stairwell. Redo address book. I want to sit down and do A to Z. I want to do the whole thing. Do Mary Kay phone calls and book at least 10 appointments. Clean out and organize the basement. When I come into this room, the clutter and the mess are so much that sometimes I feel like I can't even breathe. I really don't know where to start. Return costume to Andrea, wrap and send wedding gifts. Clean out the toy box. Send recipes to Laura, Natalie, and Angel. Work on resume. List items on eBay to sell. Take stuff to the shelter. Clean out my car. Finish repairing the doors for the china cabinet. Get front door glass repaired. I do so many to-do lists in a week. I am really overwhelmed by the number of lists that I have and the fact that I cannot seem to get any one list accomplished and it just seems to snowball. The typical day would probably be anywhere from 10 to 30 things. I am a pack rat. I have a very hard time throwing things away. I get attached um, for whatever reason. I get overwhelmed all the time by the things I'm trying to achieve because I can't seem to get a handle on any one of them. I cannot remember the last time my husband and I went out alone. I think I probably put pressure on myself to be perfect. The way I feel stressed can affect every single aspect of my life. I want to clean out my clutter, 
organize my to-do list, and get some stuff done so I'm not as stressed out. Well, Dr. Martha Beck has a simple formula for a to-do list addict like Heather. Here it goes. What we're going to concentrate on today is focusing your activities so that you get the things done that really need doing, and a lot of the others can go. And the way we're going to do that is get kind of a feeling for what you want your whole life to be about. I want a list of things that if you went your whole life and did not do these things, you would regret it. I want to really know my children. I would love to do some traveling with my husband. Some of my favorite time is when we're just doing something as a family. How would you like the world to be different because you have lived? I would love to be remembered for helping or working with children who are less fortunate. Okay, let's talk about your professional goals. I want to tap into the creative side of me. I want to be on a stage, being part of a Broadway show. Based on what you said about what you want your life to be, we have three major goals here, okay? One is raising happy children, having a good family life. One is performing on stage or camera. And one is using your talents to help children who feel lost or alienated. So if something on your list contributes directly to these three goals, it stays, okay? okay? Other than that, every time you put something on a list, if it is not directing you toward these goals, you have to remember you are losing pieces of this in order to do whatever's on the list. Paint doors and trim in bathroom. <laughs> How long would that take you? Oh, an afternoon. Okay, that's an afternoon that you are not going to go toward performing, raising a happy child, or two, or using your talents to help kids who feel lost. Is it worth it? Is it worth giving up a piece of those goals? Oh, I guess it's not. I put these on sticky notes because I want them in front of you everywhere. All right, we're gonna go through today's list, which has more than 35 items on it. But instead of just thinking, yes, I have to do all of that right now, right now, I want you to think in terms of your life goals. Number one, is this leading directly to my life goals? Right. Number two, is this so important that it's worth taking away from my life goals? Number three, if it doesn't match those first two criteria, it's out of there, okay? okay? Call to find out about Jimboree for Owen. No. Do touch-up painting in the living room and stairwell. No. Doesn't have to happen today. It's gone. Organize photos. Not today. Call the plumber. It's important. That Let's is. do that one. We have 13 of the 35 that you really feel like you need to do today. And of those that we saved, four of them are modified to take less time. OK. OK? That should save you about mm, three, four, or five hours today. Yeah, I would say. Good going. Okay. Well done. Martha says you can even use your life goals to clean up your house in a hurry. Look at this. Your living space is basically a reflection of your inner space. And what your living space shows is that you're allowing irrelevant things to clutter up your life so you can't get to the real goals. Think of it this way. Everything in your house is taking energy away from your life goals, and it's preventing good things from moving into your life. Okay. So every object you keep is something else that you can't bring into your life that would be good. Just looking around, do you see a lot that really is helping you toward those three no, goals? I don't. <laughs> Could you tell me about this stuff, please? The stuff that's in this bag? Yeah, this is. these are items that I want to list on eBay. It's china that was passed down in my husband's family. How many hours do you think that'll take you to do this whole procedure? I have no idea. I've never done it before. I would guess 10 hours to get these things sold on eBay instead yeah. of selling them to a local antique store or 
um, giving them to the Salvation Army. What do you think? Is it worth it? I don't know. <laughs> okay, let's talk about your magazines, and here's what I want to know. Dying to read it? I think I probably should read it. Which is this? I think I probably should read it. Bye! <laughs> Every time you sit down to read this, you're wasting half an hour that you could be spending with your boys, okay? Okay. This is a growth chart. Uh-huh. How many times do you use it? Well, I was going to hang it up. Have you used it in the last year? No. Yes. It's okay. lovely. <laughs> Say goodbye. Say goodbye. Okay, we've made a pretty good start, I think. It took us a couple of hours yeah. to cut through some of the clutter. And you'll notice that most of the anguish here was mental, not physical, right? right? Yes. We, we took a big step here today, but you don't need to do that. You can take what I call a turtle step, which is the smallest amount of labor you can do on a given day that gets you toward your goal. You know, when you look around at this, it may not be perfect. Your whole life may not be perfect. You know, we want to be super mom, we want to be career woman, we want to be Martha Stewart. Not anybody can do all of that. Heather says, when Martha explained that you have to clean up what's inside you before you clean up what's around you, it made a huge impact, right? Absolutely. It, um, we went into talking about, you know, issues that you carry or the baggage that you carry. And once you start dealing with some of those issues, suddenly everything else that's important becomes very clear. And it's just like what she said. You know, if it doesn't relate directly to the goals that you have, get rid of it. Because otherwise, it just makes you feel so overwhelmed. Thank you. Okay, Carrie Salover doesn't have a moment to herself, she says. She can't even use the bathroom without her little ones trying to break through the door. I know some of you relate. <laughs> Oprah, I'm an overworked, overstressed, stay-at-home mom, and Mommy. I really need your help. <laughs> I have Riley, uh, my daughter, who's five, and Tyler, my son, who's two and a half. I feel stressed and somehow you feel embarrassed to feel stressed because this is what I do. It's just my two kids. It's not like there's that much to it, but I do. I feel overwhelmed. You're coming with me. We made the decision for me to be at home with the kids for a number of reasons, but mainly I didn't want to miss the first step and the first word and all of that. And my mom worked from the time I can remember and I wanted to be able to do the things that I think she wished that she could have done for us. I'm usually in and out of the shower by 7, and then I wake up the kids. Good morning. We march right into the bathtub. We rush through breakfast, and we're running out the door by, you know, a few minutes after 8. Go to the van. You know, then I get home from school. I run around and clean anything that's laying around the house bin. We do that pretty much all the way until we go pick up Riley. I spend a lot of time doing laundry. OK, go ahead. Very often, if Riley's chosen something that she wants to wear and it's got a wrinkle in it, I'm running around adding time to the morning, ironing clothes, and even jeans if they're wrinkled, because I don't want them to be out of the house with wrinkled clothes. I put little time into what I'm wearing and what I look like. And I spend probably a lot more time than I should being concerned about what they look like. It is a big issue to me. I just feel like because this is all I do, if I send my kids out in the world with wrinkled clothes, people are going to think, what does the girl do all day? She must lay around on the couch and watch soap operas. So that's kind of the only way to show I actually have a job is that my kids go out the door looking halfway decent every day. I'm sure that, you know, I've created the monster. Riley cares a lot about clothes. One of Riley's first words, and it's almost embarrassing, but she could say gap. I mean, my husband thinks it's me, but she really likes shoes. I think we actually counted that she had like six or seven pairs of black shoes. I have 17 pairs of black shoes. Sometimes I'll put off going to the bathroom all day because the minute I shut the bathroom door, somebody is kicking it or knocking on it. 
because I'm home with them all day and I don't get a break, sometimes I feel like my patience level might not be what I'd like it to be. Most nights I feel guilty, like I yelled too much today or I didn't sit down and, and spend enough time just playing with them. That bothers me. You know, I wonder if they think, gosh, mom didn't even play with me today. You know, I worry about that. I spend so much time worrying about all these other things like cleaning the house and, you know, running here and running there. And my big struggle is to try and find ways to sit down and enjoy the kids more because that's why I'm doing this. You know, I want my kids to look back on their childhood and say, my mom was so fun. She let us do fun things. And I want to learn how to just, you know, enjoy them because they're going to be grown and gone. And I don't want to look back and regret anything. Martha says that Carrie's stress is not coming from household chores and a lack of time, but from something deeper. Very interesting. Look at this. I want you to imagine that where you wake up one morning and your life is exactly the way it is now. You live in this house, you're married to Brent, everything's great, but the children were never born. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to do. I wouldn't even know what to do. I would feel all alone and, and empty. Now, what if I told you that I think the major source of your stress in your whole life is that emptiness? I, I, I don't know. Well, I think what happened, you get them dressed so beautifully. You know, they look so darling. And, you know, Riley has how many pairs of shoes? Well, I don't know. <laughs> a whole Too bunch. many. And how many times a day does she change clothes mm -hmm. and everything? Mm -hmm. And yet you say you spend very little time on, your, on yourself, right. on your right. own clothes. Do you have more shoes or does Riley? <laughs> oh, Riley has more shoes. Really? Yeah. Did you buy things for yourself before you had the kids? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. A lot more than I do now, yeah. Well, it's really interesting to me that instead of adding care of the children to care of yourself, you stop the care of yourself and put it all into caring for the children. Unless you have children, there's no reason for you. Now, would you like Riley to grow up believing that unless she has children, she doesn't matter. Absolutely not. I have no idea what I would do if they weren't in my life. And, and I worry about that because they're going to be in school full time over the next few years. And it scares me to death. I have no idea what I'm going to do when they don't need me here every day anymore. You believe that if you're not doing for children, there is nothing. Mm -hmm. OK? Mm -hmm. And it's that empty space that's causing you to be quite anxious about your kids' clothing. And that's what's leading you to feel, I have to, they have to look right, I have to iron. It's not about what they look like. It's about your feeling that there is nothing underneath your mothering, that it's just nothing. Hmm. Okay, and that's creating a lot of anxiety and it's gonna be communicated to your kids. You're basically trying to be June Cleaver. Well, June Cleaver was on television mm -hmm. and nowhere else. Your children don't need June Cleaver. <laughs> Because they don't want her. They don't like her. <laughs> they want Carrie. And they want her happy. Not perfect. Happy. And I think I say in the, in, in the magazine this month, I think is exactly what I wrote. June Cleaver had a set designer and a script writer. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Carrie says she's going to stop shopping to extremes for the kids and start saving some of that money for a family trip. Really good idea. And Martha says that millions of you moms out there are making a major mistake that is adding heaps of stress to your life and you could do something about it today. I want you to involve your children more in helping you with the housework because that's good for both of you. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna think of some things that you can do and your mom's gonna help. Because you know what? She's been doing a lot of the stuff that you're smart enough to do. You can really help, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. So what about making breakfast? Yeah. Where do I go and take this? <laughs> 
Is there anything else that you know how to do that like you see your mom doing in the house that you know how? Probably wash the dishes. Well, you know what? We, you never used the dishwasher, did you? No. Well, you know what? I'm gonna ask your mom to teach you. Okay, so what I'm thinking is, do you ever see your mom folding like towels or clothes, folding things? I help her fold. Oh, you do? Yeah. What if you like folded a whole thing of towels all by yourself? Do you think you could do it? Yeah. Good job. Good job. Carrie says her daughter actually made her own breakfast and cleaned up her room and was feeling very proud of herself. That's what happened? Mm -mm, that is what happened. It, that was kind of the thing I wasn't expecting. Of course, it saved me time, but she was so proud of herself. She wakes up every morning now. What am I making for breakfast today? <laughs> so she really enjoys that. So what are you teaching your children by doing everything for them? Because I think that's what mothers think they're supposed to do. They're mm -hmm. all nodding there. They, mm -hmm. That's what they think their job is, is to do everything. I've had, actually had clients with sort of overactive mothers who said, my mom taught me that I was stupid and couldn't do anything because she did everything for me. Mm. And the mother, that's the last thing she wants to tell them. But, you know, we have a kind of artificially lengthened childhood in our culture. Children as young as three, four, and five can start really contributing to the family labor, and they like it. And picking up their rooms and yeah. things like that. What Instead of waiting until they're 13 and 14, and then you're yelling at them because you've done it all of those years, and then you expect they're suddenly supposed to right. wake up and know how to do it, or and, want to do it, yes. And when they're little, You'll see, what do they do when they play? They play house. That's when they're supposed to be practicing to be grown-ups. And when you don't give them the opportunity to do that, you rub both yourself and them. Okay, every woman in this room, and I know you all at home are thinking the same thing. When your daughter was folding the towels, we're all thinking <laughs> she's going to refold them because uh -huh. she doesn't like the way they're folded. Exactly. That's right. Uh -huh. Okay. And this woman, stand up and make your point over here. What were you saying? Well, my problem is, is that I don't like the kids to do it because I want it done my way. I don't want them to make their beds because it's not made the way I want it made. I don't want them to clean up the toy room because they don't put the toys back where they're supposed to be because mommy says this is where he has to go. That's my problem. I can't let go of that. And my husband still says to this day, they're kids. Let them be kids. And that's my problem. So, and I saw her fold the towels, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'd be unfolding them while they were out of the room and redoing them myself. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. It's true. Do you know this is actually a major reason that men do not participate more in housework? They've done studies. The man will say, I'm trying, but she wants it done her way, and then she kicks me out of the kitchen. So, you know, if it matters to you so much that the meaning of your life is to have the towels folded your way, that's cool. But if you can imagine yourself at 100 years old looking back over your life, and it really doesn't matter that your children felt in competent. What mattered was that those towels were perfect. <laughs> the whole point of what Martha is trying to say here and what she says every month in um, our magazine, oh, what she tr is trying to get women to focus on what really matters to you, right. what is really important in your life, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. How the towels are folded or the time that you are actually able to spend with the people that you care about. Julie Landry suffers from a common condition. She can't say no. She just can't say no. Her case of people-pleasing, it's so severe, her friends threw a thanks-for-always-saying-yes party for her. I'm a 36-year-old single female who is overcommitted. I work full-time as a teaching recruiter for 62 elementary schools, instruct at a college, write grant proposals for nonprofits, and am a teen mentor and serve at my church. I also volunteer at community events and am the secretary for my investment club. On top of that, I try to return every phone call and email, usually after everyone has left the office. I even help my secretary when I see she's overwhelmed. 
I'm bogged down with all the stuff that's supposed to make my life easier. The Palm Pilot, laptop, time organizer. For the last four years, I've maintained this hectic schedule and I'm worn out. I've tried to let some of these things go, but each time someone will plead with me and I can't say no. I feel it is my duty to help anyone who asks because I've been so blessed in my own life. I'm overwhelmed and always under stress. How can I learn to say no without hurting anyone's feelings? I would like to be married with children, but I don't have time to develop and sustain a romantic relationship. My friends recently threw me a just because party to thank me for always doing so much for everyone. I'm happy to help others, but I realize I need to do a bit more for myself. Martha says Julie is addicted to people pleasing, addicted to it, and it's as dangerous as alcoholism. It really is. What she's got is a belief that by saying yes to people, she's getting approval and love. And I think in her case, she may think that that's the only way to get approval and love. Mm -hmm. So when she needs love and nurturance, she does for people. But that drains her, so she needs more nurturance. So what does she do? She does more for people. Right. And then she needs more, and then she does more. And, then, and it's a spiral that is going to exhaust you physically, mentally, spiritually. It's really dangerous, Julie. As dangerous as alcoholism. Yes, I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you say, Julie? Wow. <laughs> I never looked at it that way. Right, and what I'm doing is kind of saying, instead of, if I said, you're so good, you've got to stop being so good, you wouldn't, because you're such a good person. So what I'm doing is I'm saying, what you are doing is bad, you know, because I want you to pay attention. You need to start receiving, okay? You need to do at least one thing every day that just allows you to receive just a little. Just like going to a restaurant, let somebody else cook and serve you and say thank you and just sit with it and roll that out. Over time, you'll get better and better at it and you'll be saying no before you know it. That's gonna be very tough for you. Mm -hmm. She's gotta start with baby steps. Baby steps, baby steps. Okay, Dr. Martha Beck realized that her life also needed some de-stressing, so she took some big steps to do just that. So she knows what she's talking about. She's just not talking out the side of her mouth or something. My life used to be an absolute nightmare of overscheduling and overcommitment. I was constantly making promises that I couldn't keep and constantly guilt-ridden because I couldn't do everything. I was the queen of to-do lists. It was the only way I really got through the day. The lists were cruel and inhuman. Well, they always have too much on them. But recently, I've decided to launch a new plan for life, not based on things that I can do, but on things that I can stop doing. I made myself a to-not-do list. And here are some of the things I put on it. Cook. I love to cook about twice a year. And my kids like to cook sometimes, too. So when somebody wants to, then we do cook. But mostly, we just assemble food, like this. Dinner! Iron. I don't iron. See, I don't even know if this thing works anymore. But that's OK, because I only buy clothes that can do this and come out looking perfectly smooth. Doing things for my children that they're able to do for themselves, I don't do that. They do their own laundry. They do their own room cleaning. They know how to unload the dishwasher, and they do that. And I think they should, because mothers are not servants. They're teachers. Do things to impress people. You know, I used to spend a lot of my leisure time reading the great philosophers so that I could impress people and they would like me. I gave up on that and started watching a lot more television, reading novels. Guess what? People find me a lot more likable now. Make excuses. This is nothing but a waste of time. If you're not going to do something, just tell people you've got other plans. They don't need any more explanation than that. And if you don't do something, don't waste time feeling guilty about it. 
If you make a to-not-do list that takes out the things you don't have to do or love to do, what fills that space is the life you were meant to have. You're going to do only the things you love, you're going to do them well, you're going to do them happily. Your schedule may not be more empty, but it will be full of things that are enriching you instead of things that were depleting you. That is major, especially for somebody who is an addicted pleaser. And one of the points that Julie was making about, she said, I don't want to, um, I can't say no because I don't want to m make anybody upset. Mm -hmm. Saying no means you are going to make some people upset. Isn't that a yes, given? Yes, that's absolutely. And I was as bad as you were and then some, Julie. So please don't think I'm coming down hard on you. Saying no means you're going to offend some people. And you have to be able to handle that. And it lasts about 10 minutes, and then they go away. But the people who like you will always like you. Yeah. The people who are not going to like you because you said no, Bye-bye now. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. I want to say thank you to all of my guests. You guys were so great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening.